I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town podcast. Well, it's the day after the Super Bowl, and I'm bringing you episode 64 of the Food About Town podcast with Brianna Banford from Yelp. Uh, she's our local community manager here in Rochester, and uh, you know I've known her since before she got that job, so it was great to catch up with her, learn about what she's doing right now, how she's growing in her position as the uh, community manager here in Rochester. Uh, also talk about how she got the job, how she got interested in it, and some about the you know Yelp controversy that everybody's heard about. And Brianna was really nice to go through all that with me. So hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please share it out on social media. I'm at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, Food About Town on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Rochester has become a desolate wasteland of cold and snow and ice, and I'm here with one of the people that tries to make it a warmer place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Guest? Hello. This is uh, Brianna Banford. I'm the Yelp Rochester Community Director, and I'm pumped to be here. So, Brianna? Mm-hmm. Did I always get that wrong? I don't know. I don't I- know. I always thought it was Brianna, maybe. No, it's well. It's hard because the Rochester accent really just <clears throat> runs through the want for nasal pronunciation of Brianna. But. Yeah, Buffalo Rochester. Mm-hmm. We we're big on Brianna's and you yeah. know all that stuff. Carrie. I was born in the Midwest, so I have the uh, the nice Brianna. Mm. Sounds fancy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yes. So, why are you here? I'm here because you asked me to be here. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah. Um, so the reason why we're having Brianna, Brianna here today, I'm going to mess that up multiple times That's today. okay. So <laughs> just slap me from across the table when I do so. Um, the reason why Brianna is here is I've known her as long as anybody in the food and drink scene here in Rochester or thereabouts. And that was, when When did we first meet? It was uh Four years ago, I think. Four, like, maybe five years. Was it 2011? It was No, it was 2012. 2012, okay. Yeah. So I met Brianna in 2012, and so let's say where she works first. Yes, I, I work for Yelp. <laughs> so she is the Rochester Community Manager. Mm-hmm. Is that your official title nowadays? Community Director now. Oh, mm-hmm. look at you. Yep, fancy. So it's a the same basic thing they just give you a better title yes uh promotion uh <laughs> awesome so i have a marketing assistant now so that's a perk for that's, sure that's great we get to work together on a bunch of projects and i get to focus on 
more high level things, which is really fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, like I said, we met in 2012, and this was before Yelp in Rochester was really a thing. Mm -hmm. So I had kind of been around the fringes of Yelp here in Rochester before it became a community with the the original small crew of people, and it was a ragtag bunch of weirdos, <laughs> um, which I appreciated, and yes. nobody knew each other. And before it became official, I remember I had organized a get-together for people to come out and talk about reviewing and Yelp stuff. This was before this ever became official. Yeah, I actually uh, stumbled upon it in my time hop while vacation was happening. Happening? Did you really? Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> memories. Four years ago, we all got together. Oh. Yeah, because it was. Um, it really. It was sort of a weird timing that, you know, it seemed to be solidifying as a group of people, mm -hmm. and like, oh well, people should talk. People should meet up, and I think I'd seen it in other cities. So we're like, oh no, they're not going to do it here. Because we're just Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to try and do it ourselves. Yeah, I think um, that was kind of the, the culmination of all of it in the beginning days. And I remember it was just a handful of us that got together. and No more than six, I think it was. Yeah, and weren't we at Joe Bean? We were at Joe Bean in the corner, yeah. Yeah, and now it's like a new beautiful space. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole different thing. And so is, so is Rochester food and so is Yelp. I mean, it's... yeah. So you joined on officially in 2012, right? In my uh, official start date, January 14th, 2013. So 2013, okay. I'm about to celebrate my four-year anniversary. Nice. Which is very exciting. So, and I think it was, it was like not official for a while, right? For a couple months, yeah. Because yeah. they obviously like training and going through all the process of um, kind of getting the lay of the land and what to expect with this type of new experience that we were launching in Rochester. And I launched the community, which is actually pretty exciting to know that, you know, four years ago, that was the start of really kind of the community side of things and the events and all of that experience. I mean, it was, it was fledgling at that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was... Like I said, there's a bit of a ragtag group of people around that, and some of them are still around. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it was small, inherently small. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's... So for those of you that don't know, I've, I've probably mentioned it before, but I got my start doing reviews on Yelp. And before I took a semi-permanent hiatus, I did 220-some-odd reviews. Yeah, and, and, and they were good. Yeah. They were robust that. and thorough. And well, we I, loved we loved having Chris on Yelp. And I think that was <laughs> I think that was the thing that for me was really important. And I I gravitated to those people who really took their time mm -hmm. and um made it a platform to put forward put forward something of themselves. Yeah, I think that's the beautiful thing is that people can kind of make it what they want to make it and say, like, you know, I want to build my experience. I want to tell stories through my Yelp reviews. And then <laughs> sipping of the beer. <laughs> so take a brief moment to thank our friends at Swiftwater. Mm -hmm. Rihanna brought over some uh, IPA9, which is one of the 
better local beers. So, yes, thanks to Swiftwater and thanks to Brianna for bringing that over. Close friends, we love them. Mm-hmm. Lo- love us some Swiftwater local beer. <laughs> but um, going off what I was saying before, I I think just in general, um, it's really nice to be able to kind of take what you want out of the experience and like be on Yelp and writing reviews or adding photos or making it, you know, your own storytelling process of how you're experiencing your local community. And that, that that's a big thing about it is, so part of the reason I think we'll splinter off here for a minute and then go through more of the timeline of how you got into, how you even thought about getting into the Yelp side of things which I'm sure I'll find interesting. But I think we'll do one of our first splinters off here and talk talk about the community and how it's changed over the last four years. And obviously there's, there's a lot of publicity about Yelp. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of publicity about Yelp. I think just in general, because it's been around for over a decade at this point, um, everything kind of comes to Rochester a little bit later than the bigger metros. So... Um, there's just a lot of growth and a lot of awareness and just like in, I remember in my beginning days, it was a lot of me just trying to explain what Yelp even was. Like people would come up to me and they'd be like, are you a lemonade company? And I'm like, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> How does that even make sense? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure where you're getting that, but, uh, let me tell you what, what we do and what Yelp's all about. So, um, I think the thing in that respect that's changed is just brand awareness has, has grown. The company has grown, um, you know, from the perspective of, um, where we are today as a company and how we're kind of integrating all these amazing transaction platforms within your experience. You can order delivery. You can make your reservations to your, you know, dinner on Friday night for date night right through the app. And um, I think we kind of want it to be that integral part of your life when you're thinking about local businesses and supporting your community. Yeah. And, you know, the people have changed too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it was a harder, maybe a harder nosed beginning and it seems like you got a bigger, wider audience over the last four years, at least here. Yeah. And I'm sure, it, I'm sure that's a story other people, you've heard from other people too, you know, it was kind of a different feel until it got codified and people got, I guess when it was kind of after I, once I stopped going, you know, the events got more frequent um, it was, there was more reward for being a dedicated member mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. And from my perspective, what I'm doing now, I'm trying to host at least, you know, four to five events a month. And those are, that's everything from, you know, casual get togethers where, you know, 10 of us are going out to dinner or checking out a new restaurant, um, to, you know, private event experiences that we put together with a local business and kind of build out to make, um, unique and special. And just like, what I'm always striving for from the perspective of the community and local businesses and what we have going on in Rochester, I'm always thinking about, you know, what's, what's going to get people outside their comfort zone. How do I build an experience that's going to like challenge people to do something that they're unfamiliar with? Or like for me, I grew up here. So there are things that I've been doing forever or like knew about forever, but have never actually done. And so for me, it's like, I want to check this off my own bucket list. And if I get to experience it with the rest of my Yelpers, even better. Sure. And like I said, it it is a wider audience now. And 
there was there was a solid time period when I was reading every single Yelp review that happened in the Rochester area. Mm-hmm. Every day, I would read every single review that came out. And after a while, that became overwhelming for quantity. Yeah. But I think it was also, I think the overall, and again, I'm, I'm speaking for myself, and I, I saw the overall quality I thought went down over time, but I think that's a symptom of how many people are doing it and how how tough it is to keep that's it's not necessarily the focus it's a you know people are putting their experiences out there Mm -hmm. and there weren't as many people doing what i liked you know that that dedicated i almost say a hard review you know it's a, a dedicated thoughtful put forward and not just the the quick paragraph which is kind of the bread and butter of what Yelp does. Mm-hmm. And we really strive to be more of like a city city guidebook or, yeah. you know, a trusted community site that people can go to and read a variety of different mm-hmm. perspectives. And, and I think what you're going, what you're saying about, you know, kind of gauging the different community members and, you know, whose perspective you want to pay attention to, um, that definitely has leveled out. I think there are definitely people that that come onto the site and you know share things from time to time, um, but we really try to put forth that perspective from people who really care about what they're saying. And um, I think that's really where the elite squad comes into play. Of like, this is the group of people. Like, we're really trying to boost the awareness of that. It's you know a very inclusive group of people, and we want you to be contributing to the site and you know adding really robust, helpful, thorough, thoughtful reviews and sharing your perspective about, you know, what you experience and who's saying, you know, their favorite things. And not everybody's going to agree. And I think that's the beauty of it is that you kind of get this like melting pot of diverse thoughts about local businesses. And I think in general, the perspective is also pretty positive. I I think people expect it to be, um, you know, I'm just going to go on to this site and, you know, smash that business that I don't like. But the majority of the content on the site is positive and people want to be sharing that. And so um, I think what's awesome about how the community has evolved over time is that we're really hitting at this amazing group of people who want to experience things in Rochester and obviously boundless areas beyond rochester yeah because i mean obviously um obviously yelp's a national international business Mm -hmm. and you know it was i i found it fascinating when when it came here and like i said how it changed but like i mentioned it's it's definitely changed at least for me and the the interesting part for me has been the other part of it that changed was the feedback that you'd get from businesses and from, you know, the general public. And I, you definitely see positive stuff. But overwhelmingly, I think you, right, maybe overwhelming is not the right thing, but, you know, the negative voices yell the loudest. You know, though, and you'll get businesses, local businesses that have problems with how they're portrayed with the system with you know being talked to about advertising and i know you've you've had to go through that stuff as you know the face of the local yelp thing how is that 
process been and how has it changed over the last, you know, two years? Cause it's been, I know, I know plenty of local businesses that, and I'm going to use the larger term. They, they hate Yelp <laughs> in a strong way. <laughs> and some just had bad experiences, whether it's an event or something else. And like, how, how is that? How has that gone for you? I think in general, my job is to obviously be the face of the community. And so I'm the one who, mm-hmm. who's kind of communicating and working with the local businesses to understand how to utilize the free tools. Um, we live in a world where people are sharing all of their thoughts mm-hmm. and perspectives online. And that goes beyond Yelp. It's Twitter. It's Facebook. It's every other platform that you can post your thoughts and perspectives on those sites. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can dive in and grasp that and build that two-way path of communication with uh, your customers again. And so my goal is always to be, you know, sharing tips and suggestions and trying to communicate with business owners about how to utilize all those tools and understand, um, you know, that we're, we're not trying to, to throw them under the table with, you know, community members sharing their perspectives, whether it's positive or negative. I think it really gives you an opportunity to take a look at what your business is doing and what you're doing well and make changes when you need to. Um, because it really, it's feedback. I think, um, again, People assume that there's a lot of hate out there and a lot of negativity, but it's something that I think the opportunity is there to embrace it and say, this is out there. What can I do with this? How do I make this better? Or how do I engage with, you know, these people who are sharing these things? Um, And I think in general, too, I mentioned before that it's the majority of the content is positive. And so if there is that one, you know, negative review from that one rogue customer who didn't love your business, um, I think the community sees that as well. Um, it's supposed to be there for, you know, a variety of reasons where you're seeing and reading and, you know, hearing what people are saying and you pick and choose whose, um, opinions you want to follow along. People really care about reading through the reviews and are really trying to make a smart decision about what they're doing. So I think as a business owner, if you're embracing that and knowing that, um, it's not the end all be all. And people are reading several other sites. They're reading, you know, newspaper reviews and adver- seeing advertisements and seeing a bunch of other things that they're really pulling on, you know, photos that pop up on their Instagram feeds. Everything's influencing their decision. This just happens to be one of those platforms that people can find, you know, word of mouth amplified, so to speak. Yeah, because I, I think it's the, it's sometimes the the more emotional the more emotional, assertive, aggressive ones that they stick in people's minds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll give an example that's that's public because I'm not going to, you know, you know, tell people other people's thoughts. But one that was public, you know, was the first year of the Playhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, the first year of the Playhouse here in Rochester was contentious. A very popular place. Mm-hmm. But people had a lot of preconceived notions over what it was going to be and exactly what they expected from it, having never seen it before. Yeah. And I know it got a lot of, there was a lot of publicity on Yelp and on other, you know, social review sites. Um, and I know they had trouble with it. And I mean, their business was good. So, I mean, it didn't affect their business that much, if at all. But I think it, it affected them personally because it was something they had to think about and deal with. 
I mean, how when you see stuff like that, how how does that balance for you as a you know community manager? Does that does it bother you? Does it make sense in the context of hey, this is what this person expected? It's fine. Yeah, I think um, it's really easy to take those kind of things personally because your business is your baby, and especially for a community that's small like Rochester, like those people are probably from my perspective, it's like, Oh, I know you, or like, you know, this business owner is my friend, or, you know, I want to support you and do all these things, um, to help get the word out. And, you know, not everybody is going to love your business and not everybody's going to have an amazing experience. Um, but knowing that like you're standing behind what you're doing and know that what you're building and creating is important and kind of standing behind that mission and they've always been from the playhouse perspective um if we're kind of rolling with that example yeah, they've I think it's always a good example. stood behind that yeah. absolutely and so i think that's what's important mm-hmm. is that people because there was such like a long roll-up to them opening i think people were like when's this coming what's going to happen and so there's like you kind of build up your own imaginary scenario of what this place is going to be like and then it happens and I think that's like the the situation that we live in now where we have this online reputation that you're you're managing but because they stayed true to who they are and what they do it's all wonderful and magical and I think you know they handled it really well sure. and um again from my perspective like when I get questions or you know get an email from someone about you know how to handle something I'm always there to help with crafting a response or you know giving you some tips and suggestions because we really do want to make sure that you're able to at least you know respond publicly too so that people can see that you're commenting and you know giving your perspective on that feedback that you're getting and if it's something where you can just say like you know it's not necessarily a violation of our uh, content guidelines so it's not anything that can be reviewed it's more uh, removed from the site um if you flag it but more of that aspect of hey let me help help you out by giving you a little bit of the straight facts of this is just what our policy is as a business one i think that's that's a good point and just just to sum up the playhouse thing i think playhouse is sort of a microcosm of what happens in bigger cities all the time and i think we're seeing the first stages of that where we get things that are hyped before they open mm-hmm. to a very large amount. And I think that happens in bigger cities a lot because there's so much money behind things. But what we're seeing now is, you know, locally you don't have to have a ton of money behind it, but it's a, you know, it could be a family-run business or a small-partnered business. But you see it with the Playhouse. You saw it with Nosh. I mean, they've they've gotten more press than any place in Rochester. But they got a lot of press before they opened. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see more and more of that in the coming year with people having higher and different and particular expectations of places before they open. Yeah. Which definitely, I think, makes things more contentious. Yeah. And I think um, you also kind of want to be that person that's like, I want to get in on that soft opening, you know, tasting. How do how do I get the inside scoop or, you know, see what's happening before things really are launched to the community. And I think that's just like the nature of where the world is going is that, um, you know, you build that excitement and the, the, you know, running up to that big announcement of like, we're open and it's like, well, I've already been there like three times. So. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, access, access is one of those things when you have it, 
it's one of those things you just throw off to the side. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have it, you're like, God damn it, where the hell am I not there? Yeah. And I think social media tries to create that aspect of FOMO in our lives where oh, we're like, sure. I am missing out on this experience. I need to get here. I want to be first in line. And, you know, for better or worse, that's that's where we are. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of opportunities. I think all of it is, you know, new and different and things are shifting as far as like how we're promoting you know, new restaurant openings and new business openings and all that kind of thing is you, you want to have like that underground perspective first to like drum up the excitement and then, you know, where it goes from there. Um, and so kind of building that momentum and keeping it going, it's, it's important. Um, but we all want that instant gratification and we want, want, want as the best, as (laughs) it's the best. I mean, I, I, and I'll, I'll say it from my perspective, you know, when you get to go to something first, when you get to pass judgment, when you get to be that trend-setting voice, it's it is a it's an addictive thing. I mean, it feels good because you're on top of things because you're you're getting to check it out and you're getting to set the tone a little bit. And yeah. it's 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 a great thing. And there's a lot of pressure too. Absolutely. When you're trying to keep on top of everything mm-hmm. all the time. Not that you know anything about that. It's, yeah. I <laughs> wouldn't even know. Well, because you were, I mean, as you mentioned before, you've been doing this now. Four years. Four years, and you're doing almost all of it for at least three of it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You had occasional interns and, yes, you know, Yelp slaves and stuff like that. But very, <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, all in all, it was your, it was your deal here. Yeah. And. I think it was very easy for me to like get super wrapped up in in it and try and do everything. And I think the thing that I learned over this last year is that less is more and kind of focusing on experiences that I think are beneficial to the community. And like I said earlier, really hitting at like, let's try something that's out of the box and something that's unique to the Rochester area that makes, you know, what we do in our community special. Like I want it focus in on that and like I don't really necessarily want to do something that's already been done before like whether that's a festival or an event or whatever it's like you know if it already exists let's collaborate because we're in a small community already so you know I'm always willing to help get the word out where we can but if I'm going to create something I want it to be unique on my on my own side side of things well I think I'm going to tackle one more of the of the big Yelp questions and then we'll pivot off of that because I don't want to keep it on that tone for this whole time. That's kind of been done to death, I think in a lot of ways, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the big question that I'm sure continues to plague you day to day is why aren't these reviews showing? How come (laughs) this doesn't work this way? And what is that? uh, You know, how how do you answer that question as a local person in instead of just deflecting it back to corporate. Yeah, so um, what you're talking about is our recommended reviews and not recommended reviews. Um, So in general, Yelp puts the content out there that's a focus from our trusted community members. So these are people who are writing reviews regularly. They're adding, you know, their thoughts and perspective to the site. And we... We're not trying to be a drive-by review site where people are just adding content willy-nilly. We want it to be robust, thoughtful reviews, 
all that useful, funny, cool content that we've got going. Um, Hit all the buttons, people. Hit and, those buttons. And so um, really the things that end up kind of falling into that um, not recommended section, um, it's all automated through an algorithm. So no one really has any control over what's happening there. And it's not based on advertising dollars. Has zero to do. You can't pay to play on Yelp. You can't pay to remove bad reviews. Exactly. You can't cannot. pay to put positive reviews right up top. Cannot. So, I mean, these these are the questions that I hear on a fairly regular basis mm-hmm. from people. And that's, it seems to, it seems to maybe have been dying down a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's, it has a lot to do with the fact that people are now seeing like, okay, this is the world that Yelp lives in. Like, this is where it stands. It's, you know... It is that perspective of these community members, our elites, our regular Yelpers, the people who are sharing on a regular basis. Um, you know, the things that that aren't necessarily coming up on the site um, and not being shown on the recommended section. It's it's usually stuff that's, you know, a friend who's sharing their five star review or, you know, um, potentially a competitor trying to bash their um, their fellow pizza shop or whatever whatever it may be have you Um, caught anybody specifically doing that i have i i don't because i (laughs) i don't necessarily have have anything to do with that if i see something that seems suspicious i can flag it but all of that's reviewed by our support team um and so they have complete you know separation with um from the community team nice um so from my side of things, it's nice to have that separate where I'm, I'm really focusing more on the education side of things of here's how to do these things and here's how to use the tools that we have available from the business owner side of things and the community side of things um, and less technical from the like actual day-to-day <laughs> reviewing of the content that goes on the site because nice. that would be... Oh, so much to handle. It would be, it would, <laughs> man, it, it'd be like your job was overwhelming at that point. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, to do the fun things that I get to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break and get an advertisement in here. And we'll be back with more from Brianna, pivoting away from some of the big Yelp questions, going more into her background and some of the other cool things she's working on here in Rochester. Fabulous. I'd like to take a second to tell you about a new Rochester-based website called Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K dot L-Y. Frankly is a one-stop shop to find out where your favorite restaurants source their ingredients and also a great way to see who carries that coffee you love or who uses the best bread for their sandwiches. Frankly is the perfect tool to find the information you need about the food and drink you love. That's P-H-R-A-N-K dot L-Y. Yeah, so I mean, my, my beard game is not nearly as strong as the proper hipster beard nowadays. Yeah, it's. My, I think 2017 is the year of the beards. I mean, it's it's really been growing and growing, and I'm. I, I enjoy having it. I I hate shaving, so I don't do it. Yeah. But it's mine's not nearly as robust as, um, someone who's has such an illustrious beard as yes. your. What 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 do we call your gentleman friend? He is uh his name is Dan. He's Dan. I know yeah. he's Dan. Is this. 
His he's, official title is he, is he boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've been together for a while. Okay. Well, I, I knew it was that. I just didn't know if it was anything else. No, nothing nothing else yet. Oh. <laughs> is, is that the dangerous yet, or is it the inevitable yet? It's the, I suppose, the inevitable yet, but we're no rush. That's good. I like yeah. that. We, you know, we still have our own apartments and stuff. It's great. I'm, I'm sure you have tons of space for them in your place with all your, um, all your Yelp swag. And <laughs> My basement has been overrun. <laughs> you have all the red cups all, and mint tins oh, and yeah. T-shirts. T-shirts. We've got, you know, all, all my Yelp uh, tablecloths and all the goodies. <laughs> tablecloths. <laughs> tablecloths. You never thought you'd be a tablecloth storage service, did you? No, and also all the the craft items too, like the weird things that you pick up for like random icebreakers and like little activities that you're going to throw together for an oh, event. I, I just, just cringed a little bit when you said the word icebreaker. Hmm. <laughs> I think my biggest problem is that, I mean, I hate people. Yeah, so that's that's a hard place to be in. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like persons. Yeah, like individuals. I, li- I like lots of persons. <laughs> I can get along with lots of persons, but people as a whole, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, uh, again, that's why I try to, to build out some unique events so that, you know, the people who love people can really get get a lot of them together and really enjoy themselves. <laughs> and the people who don't love, love a lot of people, it's like, hey, we're going to go see this play later. Yeah. And it's just 10 of us. And we're going to sit and be quiet for most of the time. It's going to be great. <laughs> and I, I do, you know, my, I think my favorite thing when I was going to events regularly was the uh, the touring international dinner series, which I think is continuing still, right? I mean, that's still yeah. goes on. We've uh, evolved it into different things over the years, and I think um, I think what I want this year, just to to maximize my own personal time, <laughs> is to toss toss it over to one of my elites to manage as a an unofficial Yelp event series, yeah, and kind of make it their own, which is fun. Yeah, because that that's that was something I enjoyed seeing people try things for the first time. Um, you know, if, even if I knew about it, going to, that is one of my favorite things to do still is to tell people about the lesser known cuisines here in Rochester, mm-hmm. the things that we're actually well represented in that a lot of people don't know or understand. That's still one of my favorite things to do. And I think it's really important, which is one of the reasons I really liked that that was being done. Yeah. If, uh, at any point you want to do a get together, and take us to some crazy cool international oh. supper club venue. Let's do it. Oh, see, that's that that would be cool because I there's still places that I think people don't know about. Mm-hmm. But it, I, that group's been good about going to weird places too. Yeah, to I, going uh, to traditional cuisines from around the world and not pulling back on it. You know, really just going after it. Yeah, I'm always impressed. I again, I earlier mentioned the fact that it's such a cool, diverse group of people. I've discovered things that, you know, in my east side suburbanite growing up here in Rochester as as a youth, um, I've been uh, pushed outside my comfort zone and uh, done things and eaten pig ears and stuff that that was just Mm -hmm. definitely not part of my my adolescence. My mom was not bringing us to dim sum. On Sundays. She wasn't eating pig ears every week? No, we were having fish sticks and eating Prego sauce. Out so of the equally jar. as mysterious as pig ears, just you didn't know it up front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you are, you are from Rochester. I am. I 
we moved here. I grew up in the Midwest, like for very few years. But um, when I was five, we moved to Webster, and then I spent my formative years in Honeyway Falls. So gotcha. that's where I graduated high school. Nice. Yeah. So before you came onto the Yelp scene and took it over, you know, the hostile takeover that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, Domination. How how did you get to the point where that was of interest? I mean, where what what was what got you to that point? Yeah, so I was definitely in um so just as a background, I went to school for communications and um got into I went to I graduated with a public relations degree. So after college, I got an internship at Xerox. And so I spent about two and a half years at Xerox doing public relations. And while on that team, I had the opportunity to transition over to the marketing team. I kind of got to delve into the early social media days. Um, the wild, know. wild west of social media. Yeah, the, the the good old business to business, talking about printers to your social community friends. Nice. Um, it was very challenging and very interesting and exciting and kind of like it was like rogue territory like no one really knew how how to handle any of it so it was kind of really fun for me in early in my career because I got to dive into um, an area of interest that wasn't necessarily something that was like it just kind of like fell into place naturally um, through the way that I got involved in the team there and from there I was like I love this so much but how do I do this in a different realm? <laughs> because I think the challenge was like, I was like, I can talk about collabor- office collaboration and like integrate some fun chat about printers and our office solutions into the convos that I was having. You got to hybridize. But and... where did my interests really lie? And that was, uh, I was at that point really, I had moved downtown. Um, so I was living in the city of Rochester and I was excited about you know, just exploring this new area that I was totally unfamiliar with having grown up in the suburbs um, because it really is a different life. And um, I was just pumped to see, like, it was right at that time where Rochester was, like, on that edge of, like, taking that transition, like, Good Luck was just opening and, like, all those really cool restaurants um, were coming onto the scene and I was, like, eating it up, literally. So... Um, that was kind of what I was doing on the side and really trying to experience what Rochester was. And so obviously that I was in that mode of like, do I start my own blog? Because that's what so many other people are doing. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not mocking it. Oh, that tone. No, definitely not with that tone. I just <laughs> knew that I wasn't going to actually be that good at it. I was like, let the people who know what they're talking about do what they're doing. And I, I started writing Yelp reviews and I was like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> So I mean, you you've written a ton of them at this point, right? Yeah, over seven hundred. So what what have you learned about writing in that time, and what what have you, what what what, hmm, how have your expectations changed, and how has your writing changed to match those expectations as you've learned more about dining out and learned more about doing this? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I always try to think about is how do I say something's delicious without saying delicious. Because that's a hard place to be in from a, a food writing perspective is you you want to be able to actually describe what you're experiencing so that people know what to expect. And um, I think it's allowed me to be more creative in my writing and kind of challenge myself and think about things in a way that's like, how 
if someone else were reading this, how how would they perceive it or how would they kind of consume this and want to go to this business based on what I'm sharing? Um, and so I think I always think about kind of like, you know, the, the three tiers of, you know, what the experience is like. It's kind of painting the picture of like what the atmosphere is like, what my food experience is like. Sometimes it's by my telling a story of what my individual dining experience was, or if I've been to a place seven different times, like what in those experiences are the things that I love and the things that I am kind of met on. So it's, it's a whole bunch of, of different things that I think over the years too, I think the biggest challenge is like finding time to actually sit down and be creative. Cause that that's hard too. Yeah, when you get up past the day to day and you're working on, then you're like, oh, I have to write, you're like, and I have to do, you know, you know, five hundred words, or mm-hmm. you, because when I know you tend to do a little bit more, you have to set an example, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a role model. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I mean, how is how have your dining expectations changed over those years too? Because you've eaten at a ton of different places all around the country. Yeah. Um, you know, in Chicago and San Francisco and mm-hmm. all sorts of places. How, how have your expectations changed as you've gone to these bigger cities, seen restaurants come and go here, you know? Yeah, I think um, that's an awesome point, too, because I think it's really easy um, for people to fall into like, well, I had the best of that when I was in New York City or I had the best of that when I was in Seattle. And sometimes you have to kind of the way that I look at it is like, okay, well, this is the best of that that you can get in Rochester. So yes, I may have tasted the best deep dish pizza of all time in Chicago. I'm not really sure that was a terrible example because you really can't get it good here. Yeah, There's, there's <laughs> only like one or two places to even try and it's, or like sushi is probably a better example. Sushi is a great example. Um, Cause you know, when you're, in a place where there's actually coastal uh, territory where you're getting things straight from the water, um, you're probably going to get better seafood. (laughs) It's a a thing. It really is. There are places where you're going to get good stuff for being in Rochester. Sure. So um, I think that's how I kind of look at it is like kind of build. Yes, I've been able to experience a lot of really amazing things and I'm always excited about traveling and trying new things and, you know, getting a grasp on like what's local. Um, And so I think Rochester has been doing a good job, too, of setting expectations that reflect what we offer and and really embracing that, because when you think about it, we have all these awesome farms nearby, so we probably have some really good meats and some good veggies. So utilize it and not try and be, you know, New York City and not try to be another big metro and just be who we are. And I think that is probably our best our best goal is to be who we are and to grow into that and learn more about what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's I think we're we're getting closer. I don't think we're there yet. I think Buffalo has done a better job of getting there. Mm hmm. And I, I think we're we're edging towards that direction, you know, figuring out what we really are. And I think the Finger Lakes regions, you know, the Finger Lakes area is a big part of that. Yeah, it's just blown up. Yeah, because we were talking a little bit beforehand. I, I, I don't spend enough time out there, really. I've, I made a conscious effort to go out there more often last year. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely one of my goals to continue spending time out there because I there's a lot to explore and a lot to learn and a lot of different places to go to that I, I don't, 
I don't have a ton of experience with yet. Yeah, and I think what's awesome is that, you know, before back, I think a lot of people just like automatically jump to the preconceived notions of like, well, it's all sweet wine or like, you know, there's nothing out there that's worth going to or I don't know. Um, but I mean, yeah, or like open li- open space, nothing. There's nothing going on there. And it's actually like it's really I think what's cool about what's coming in 2017 and in the future is that um, for this area, the suburban areas and like the Finger Lakes areas that are kind of the destination spots, that's really starting to blow up where where people are like, okay, from the Finger Lakes area, they're like, this is what we're, we're known for and this is what we're good for. So let's let's do that and really embrace it. And I know so many people that I hear from, you know, bigger metros that are actually planning trips to the Finger Lakes and it's becoming like a major tourist destination. Not that it wasn't before. It's just like definitely becoming like way more well-known. Well, it's kind of like how we'll, now we would plan trips to Austin or portland oregon or nashville you know to to go to a you know a new or charleston south carolina you know Mm -hmm. the the hipster towns savannah georgia you know the the modern hipster towns and now we're we're getting that reputation which is kind of cool yeah we're on our way (laughs) so i'm gonna pivot again off to something something else you've been working on which kind of interesting topic to me is co-working mm-hmm. so co-working spaces um why don't you explain what they are first yes. and then let's talk about where you're at when it comes to that yeah so it kind of depends on on where and what you're doing but in general a co-working space is a collaborative workspace where you're spending time in an area where there are other people in different industries who have different offices in, in the same space as you, or, you know, you're kind of working in an open format office and you're all kind of paying a set fee or sharing the rent, um, for that, for said workspace. But for those freelancers and, you know, people who own their own business or work remotely, um, it gives them a space to work outside their home. And a lot cheaper than renting an entire office yes. by yourself. Yes. Yes. So I, we're both sort of tangential. And you're much more involved in co-working than I am, but <laughs> I'm tangentially involved with it with the uh, the other project I'm working on, frankly. Um, that's P-H-R-A-N-K dot L-Y. Yes. Um, <laughs> but so... Uh, one of our one of our guys is located at High Tech Rochester mm-hmm. in the Sibley building, and sometimes we'll have team meetings or whatever else there. But you know he's he's housed there day to day because he works off site for what he does full time. And you have a space where where is the space that you're involved with, and what is that? Yeah, so it's called the Outfit Collective. And sounds very modern and hipstery, doesn't it? Yes. Well, it's in the Michael Stearns building downtown, um, which is on North Clinton. Okay. Um, and that's super close to St. Joseph's Park, like the that little area right there. Um, but it's downtown and <clears throat> the Michael Stearns building back in the day was kind of it was that area was like the clothing district. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of where the, the outfit came into play oh, look at you that. know really pulling at the history of of rochester there um but for us it's um 
nine organizations that are involved and um, it's an open office area and some of us are there all the time and it's it's their like you know regular office space and then others are kind of like myself use it for meetings or for um you know just a, a t- opportunity to get outside of the home office um to work and be productive and and kind of get outside the the zone and see people <laughs> see people and not just be around piles and piles of merchandise yeah and, um, and laundry <laughs> and laundry so what other outfits are involved in this uh, collective yeah so um the rochesteriot is uh housed in the outfit collective um that's jason and stephanie um they have a little space there um we have an interior designer katie scorsi who's um whose office is in that space. And she actually helped make the space beautiful. Um, and so that wasn't necessarily something that we had skills for. So it was nice to, to have her help beautify the space because it looks awesome now as a result. I'm sure it's very tasteful. Yes. Uh, very classy. Yeah. Um, lots of Rochester posters hanging on the wall too, which, which is always fantastic. You know, nobody can complain. Um, Sean Dunwoody, is uh involved um also ben from um beer taku and then also other ben from slow road consulting so a whole bunch of people yeah yeah it, it is Many a others. whole it's a whole diverse group of people which is kind of nice yeah and it's it kind of evolved out of the fact that we um we all work pretty closely together in many different ways and collaborate often and so when we got that initial email from uh, Jason, who was like, we need to get out of our home office. Does anybody else <laughs> feel the same way? <laughs> um, it all kind of came together really naturally uh, for us. So um, it's nice to be able to have a space outside of home to kind of call your office. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's something I think has kind of become your one of your signatures here in Rochester is the teamwork and mm-hmm. the cooperation that you do with other businesses and other people around town and i think that's kind of been a real a real thing in rochester over the last two years or so with you know explore rochester and all of these it seems kind of centered around instagram yes (laughs) all these all these photo collaboration and i don't know what, what what do we call all these things I'm not. Is there a word for what those things are? Is there a word? I don't know. You know, like you know what I'm talking about. The specific, like you know, explore Rochester, iHeart Rock, iHeart Rock, yeah, um, Rochester Rock Girl Gang. All mm-hmm. all these things, they kind of all fall into the same vein, but they all operate under some social mission. Yeah, and it really is hitting at that aspect of promoting a very specific thing within our community. Yeah, of like these are the people who are doing this thing really well. And let's shout them out. Right, because it seems like you've been right in the heart of a lot of that stuff, too. And those those groups have, they seem to have developed friends and, you know, a lot of close relationships. Yeah, I think um, it really falls pretty, it parallels a lot with what we try to achieve with the Yelp Rochester community is that, is that we're building an experience and we want people to know and love our community. And these um, platforms and these organizations have kind of been an offshoot of like, here's an interest that I have and there are other people that have the same interest. So why not find ways to 
highlight the people who are doing great things in that area and then also find ways for us to like meet up and share our thoughts and connect and kind of bring bring that online experience offline. Yeah, because that's it's one of the weirder things about being an on having an online presence is you know, you'll be out somewhere and I mean this has happened to me on occasion. I'll be talking to somebody and say, I know that voice. You're like I've heard you like, before. I know who you are. I'm like, I know it. Okay, great. That's that's cool. Yeah. But it's it's always there's always that moment of Okay, got it. Now people meeting, are paying attention. Yeah, now I'm meeting you offline. People are paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I, I like that. I like the fact that people are not as afraid to come up and meet people offline anymore. It's it's kind of being normalized with all these uh, social. I don't know what to call. I need an I need a name for those things. Yeah, I'm old. I need, I need a classification. Let's call upon Steve Carter and Steve and Carter figure out where <laughs> what we actually name these things. Social communities. I, I, I was thinking social because <laughs> it's not a social network. Yeah, it's like an online offline community. It's it's a a community a social community crew. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I need classification for things. I can't have things just free flow. You're like, what are you? Yeah, what what are you? What, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk Rochester dining. Yeah. Because you've been deep for a long time. Oh, yeah. So what has become your, not, not your fancy go-out meal, but let's say you're a busy person mm-hmm. and you don't have a ton of time to cook for yourself. Yes. And you want to go get something that's comfortable that you go to more often than you want to admit. Empanada shop on Monroe Ave. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love that place. It, oh, just, I want it right now. Yeah. Um, their empanadas are fried and super crispy and delicious. And the <laughs> fillings are just endless. They have so many options. Yeah. And I've tried to have as many as I possibly can, but. It's a great move. You know, um. Spicy veggie, always good. Nice. Um, love me some pork. Pork mango, I think is the combo. Yeah. Ooh, so good. So I'm going to nerd out for a second because that is kind of my whole thing with this. Um, I love how they fry everything. They really take that time and effort to make sure they get all the micro blisters on the crust. Yeah. They're always crispy. And I love the fact that it's a Colombian, it's a Colombian restaurant and isn't you know, Puerto Rican or Dominican, even though I love those places, but it's something specifically different and they're trying some different stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. And I think they do a good job of like keeping with the traditional things and like authentic recipes. And then also like throwing in the classic, like garbage plate and banana (laughs) to please the masses. Yeah. They white it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) But I think, you know, sometimes you got to do that when you, when you have, because they really, I think, in a lot of ways, they embody more of a takeout space, even though they have lots of chairs and space for seating. Absolutely. I, it really feels like, I mean, I, I've i loved that space for a long time now from from what it was before, mm-hmm. which I'm still sad that that died. Yeah. R.I.P. Pour one out for Rosie's Hot Buns. <laughs> um, but I, I do love that space. I think it can continue to be something great, and I hope it continues to do well because that's yeah one of my favorite offbeat places. And it's funny too because they really actually don't embrace social media, no. and whether that's like by choice or just by the nature of whoever's managing it isn't necessarily like super Facebook or Instagram savvy. But 
they still have established this like strong following of people. And every time I go in there, there's someone who comes in and is like, I had no idea this existed and this is my new favorite place and I'm going to come here every day and freak out. Yeah. Well, I think good execution is a great way to build a groundswell. Exactly. So what what are your other go-to um, like day-to-day spots? Mm, day-to-day. I'd say I, I've been a, a huge fan of Ugly Duck. I, uh, I'll purchase my coffee beans from there. Um, and, and it's nice because they're actually highlighting a, a bunch of different roasteries versus like being their own roastery, which was pretty common for a while with the coffee shop scene. So um, it's cool to see. My mom lives in Colorado now, so they have a lot of like middle state coffee and stuff. And which some, is repping some some Denver, yeah, Colorado roasteries. Um, but uh, yeah, I just have been all about it. And for me, it's actually really nice because I'll intentionally go there so I don't and don't bring my laptop and don't think about working if I'm going to sit like I'll have meetings there and know that I'm going to like, you know, connect and chat with people. But I always end up running into someone I know, which makes it just such a fun space. It is. And it's, it kind of, the space is becoming itself more too, Mm -hmm. which I, I'm enjoying to watch it grow. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've seen the space since before it opened and you know, not that I had access like we were talking about before or anything, <laughs> but, um, you know, seeing it grow from where it was before it opened to, you know, how it's, it feels different, even though it's still the same space, mm-hmm. it feels different with how they're filling it and how people are using it, which is kind of nice. It's a little bit modular. Yeah. And it's nice to walk into a space and see people like reading magazines and like print papers and all that instead of like clicking away on their laptops, yeah. which is like an easy thing to do in the world that we live in. Um, but yeah, Rory and Chris, they're, they're killing it. Yeah. And they're just cool people. Yeah. Can't argue about that. Yeah. And they Um, make a mean almond milk latte. Ooh, look at you going all (laughs) dairy free. It by, not by choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so let's talk, let's talk nicer restaurants. Mm -hmm. So, what's what has become your let's say you're bringing somebody in from out of town and you're like we're going to a nice place where are you going oh so i'm gonna give two options i love two options (laughs) um i have just always been a diehard tried and true good luck fan of all areas like just from the cocktails to the wine list to the sitting at the bar to just getting appetizers to full-on entrees and date night. And I just feel like every time I go there, it's actually, I don't think Dan and I have been there alone, like <laughs> sitting at a table, like on a date night. There's always like, we're meeting people or, you know, doing a, a, a gathering and getting people together. And so it really has that space of like, you know, community love for me. Um, and it's just, it's just a comfortable space. It's just like, that is the embodiment of like, where's Brianna on a Friday night? it's good luck hopefully and i think that's really it is somewhere that it's weird because it's become i don't want to say it hasn't become passe or anything because it's still it's still on point with Mm -hmm. with trends and everything like that but it kind of gets forgotten along with everything else it's because it's been there and it's been doing things so well for so long yeah now it's kind of like a you know a standard instead of a something that's new and exciting 
Yeah, or Which like it's weird for some place like that. It's not that old of a place. Yeah, but like, well, in the grand scheme of like Rochester restaurant scene, yeah. it's it's been around for a while. But yeah. the place that I'm going to name next um, has been around longer, and it's like now in my like new repertoire of like ladies' night favorite place to go is Rocco on awesome. Monroe Ave, and um, it's oh, the ricotta. It that's it. Like that's. I have cravings for food. Like I, the way that I experience restaurants and, and eating and all of that is like, I have that one thing that keeps bringing me back. And just from time to time, I'll have that, that craving and be like, girls, let's gather forces <laughs> and head over to Rocco and we'll do, you know, wine and, and ricotta, start the meal with ricotta and, you know, get pizza or an entree or something. And it's just, I, I'm more about quality over quantity or, you know, trendiness or whatever is like, I just want to have like the, that great thing, that, that thing that you make that's perfect in every way. And, um, that's really, we've, that's just been like our spot from, from like a girl's night perspective. It's like, it's just a comfortable space for us to go. And we always have a good time and the food's great. So. And they've been consistent for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's why they became, I mean. Also, the fact that they're open on Mondays, but they're an industry favorite for a reason because they're they're relatively static, and they do everything they do really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, from their you know their butterscotch dessert to their um, to the octopus to the ricotta. I mean, those dishes are like seared into the memory of the people that go there because they're so classic at this point. Yeah, and um, I think it's just it's. I'm also excited to see kind of how the evolution of that downtown area starts to evolve because with, you know, the filling in of the inner loop and, (laughs) (laughs) and more center city development, obviously Bronca Midtown just opened, which is, which is cool. Um, and I had a really great short rib tagliatelle dish the other day. I'm interested in trying it out and, uh, yeah, I was told about an interesting cocktail they have there that I want to try. So, ooh, like what? Uh, I believe. Well, I believe it was Donnie Clutterbuck who told me about it. Of course. Yeah, shout out Donnie. <laughs> um, and he was telling me it was sort of like a like a caprese cocktail. Like it was tomato based <gasps> with, but like a, a thinned out tomato and basil and like a milk washed spirit. Very cool. So sounded really interesting. I'm excited to try it. I, yeah, that's it's like a, a fancy Bloody Mary, but yeah, reimagined. Yeah, I think it was like brighter acid and stuff like. I'm, yeah, it's one of those like, oh, I never would have thought of that. That's I I still love those when they happen. It doesn't happen as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, like, oh, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, that's exciting. I like the creativity aspect. Like when when someone will throw something in that that's never been done before. Like kind of taking a twist on something. Always exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up. Is there any other Rochester dining thing that pops for you before we stop? Oh, my goodness. Let's do one more. One more. One more. Just one more Rochester place that either you take people or you can't you can't live without. I know you enjoy hyperbole. The pressure's on. Um, yeah, it is. I immediately just went to breakfast and Scott's in the public go where market. You go. I want that that breakfast sammy it is so good it is the classic greasy breakfast sandwich yeah and i kind of like the new shipping containers yeah it's cool yeah 
except for I, I walked in there. It seemed like everybody who was in there other than me hated them. Really? Yeah, and I, I really liked them. I think um, it's a fun, fun new change for I that area. It, I think a lot of places, and I'm, this is this will be my my unpopular opinion of the day. I think the public market needed fixing, mm-hmm. and I think all these changes that they're doing are positive. I mean, that place, even though I loved it, it needed fixing. I mean, Scott's needed. Not everything needs to be new and fancy yeah. or cleaned up, but if we want the public market district to be this tentpole place in Rochester, we can't avoid the fact that there's problems with it. Yeah, and like maybe a shack is not necessary anymore. Yeah, let's let's class the things up a little bit. Yeah. And let's keep the things that are great. And also, despite the fact that it's slightly new and different, still delicious it is still delicious (laughs) and if you want a classic breakfast sandwich scott's is the best classic breakfast sandwich in town yeah now i want one yeah all right so let's get your plugs in miss brianna so uh all the things all the social media yeah yeah what you got at yelp roc on instagram and twitter okay yelp rock on uh, rochester on facebook and yelp.com slash events for all things rochester fun and and local and then just yelp.com slash rochester for everything that we do yelp 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 everything yeah so and my social media is food about town on facebook at stromy on twitter and instagram and if you really enjoyed this make sure you reach out tell brianna you enjoyed it yeah send me an email if you have any questions rochester at yelp.com oh look at you Mm -hmm. rounding out with emails Old school. Yep. Still classic. All right, Bianna. Thanks for coming. Thank you. See ya.